with yet another of the same kinds of headlines that we always get. And this one is a about a targeted shooting that happened in the city's downtown over the weekend. And what would have been shocking is uh, now pretty normal. And this is a shooting that where a, a three-year-old child, a three-year-old child almost became a homicide stat. And police were called to the uh, Esplanade around 6 p.m., so it was daylight. Uh, shots were fired, hit the two men and the child. Suspect remains at large. All of uh, those hit are expected to be okay. The child said to be uh, grazed. Again, like once upon a time, uh, you know, child being uh, anywhere near the spray of gunfire would be outrageous. Remember the two girls on their playground just out doing their thing? You know, and, and it's become so normalized, we get no reaction from the mayor, no one really trying to solve it, and, you know, barely anyone talking about it. I think that's dangerous. Ron Chisner is a former Toronto Police Service and Poyle Region Police Officer, also one who is a gang prevention expert and can say that because uh, he has been in the schools for the last few years doing just that. Good to have you. Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me. Now, I used to call you Ron, right? I don't have to give you a title anymore. No, no, you can just call me Ron. I have the yeah. freedom of just being a, just being a normal person and a, and a citizen. Yeah, and I've been trying to get you on for a very long time because of your particular expertise in violence, youth crime, and the things that we are starting to see or have been seeing. And so now I can actually do that. So I'm very glad to have you. And of course, I look at this headline, Ron, and I think, okay, the child lived. But this is the kind of headline that should or once upon a time would rock us into some kind of action, and yet it's just like Saturday. No, you're 100% right. You know, when I had heard of that, not only did I hear about it from the news, but obviously I have lots of old police partners and friends still in policing that I stay in touch with, that I'm very lucky. I know police officers all throughout Canada and the United States, and they keep me privy on what's happening. And when I'd heard about this from officers that either heard about it or respond to it, you know, my, my gut just, just sank, and so did my heart. And it's exactly what you said. It's one of those things where, you know, these type of things happen so regularly now that people just have accepted it and normalized it. And when I woke up the next morning, I expected every headline in the country to be a five-year-old child shot in the middle of a Saturday in Canada's largest city to be there. But it was nothing, not even a bleep, not even a radar. And it's so disrespectful to not only the victims and the families of those involved, but also the people that are trying to save their lives, not only just the police officers, but the firefighters, the paramedics, the emergency room staff, and those communities that are forever impacted. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah, and it's worse because we now know that the child is three. So, you know, you've got a three-year-old out with two people, assuming one of them. We don't know the relationship between the child and the two people that the child was with, but they were targeted. Um, you know, the bottom line is whoever goes out and, and is carrying a gun, they don't care about the collateral damage. They don't care about the Jane Creepers. They don't care about the two girls in the park. They don't care about the three-year-old. They just, they're out to settle scores. Oh, you're, you're 100% right. And we've seen that in even some of the most recent homicides. You know, we have a potentially, and, and this is just information I've heard, it's not reliable or reputable, but I've heard it in many different scenarios where you talk about gang wars happening, drug wars happening for turf and innocent civilians getting caught in the crossfire. Toronto had a couple homicides recently that were mm-hmm. somewhat linked to that through information from, you know, what I've read in articles. And it's true, and they don't care. We've got to look at the bigger picture. Why don't they care? Well, it's an economy of making a decision. And the economy of making a decision is, does the benefit outweigh the cost and when there are no costs being a weak bail system being a weakened police service not by their own choice but because of the manpower issues that the entire profession is suffering from uh, the lack of support from political leaders within a city 
you know, what's going to stop these people from doing it? I mean, the fact that they did it again in the middle of the day, and anybody who's not familiar with that area of Toronto where this three-year-old was shot, it is a highly populated and dense area. It's by the St. Lawrence Market. You go down there, it's a mix of housing. It's high-rise condominiums. It's community housing. It's also been an area that's been severely impacted by violence for almost 40 years. Mm -hmm. And to see not, not even the mayor... Uh, you know, step up and say anything about this. I mean, it's it's incredible. I've spoken to first responders that have responded to that call, and they're just their morale is so low, and the impact is so great because all of them people forget it's police, fire, and ambulance that will respond to something like this. A lot of us have kids, and when we see a kid, it's like lights and sirens. We're doing anything and everything we can to save a life because kids are the most innocent. Yeah. But when you get down there and you see this, you have to process it. You have to go through it. We do what we can to save people. And then we had two additional victims in a targeted shooting. And you want to talk about the brazenness of these violent offenders and not just Toronto, but in Canada. Just look at the headlines. It's, again, become so normalized that it's one of the most terrifying things I've seen happening where people have just unfortunately accepted violence as a part of their life. When it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter if you live in downtown Toronto or in Muskoka or in some place where it's a town of 100. No child at any point should ever be a victim of violence like this, especially what looks to be, even though targeted, I'm confident in saying that this this child was not one of the uh, targeted uh, people. And this is just an innocent bystander. It could be any of us. Yeah. 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 I I mean, it could be the mother, uh, 44 years old, um, you know, Carolina going to get a sandwich and getting shot in front of a a safe site injection. But this is what we're hearing from people at any time, anywhere. And Toronto wasn't always like that. You know that. I know that. What was the turning point? Because it wasn't only just the bail stuff. It wasn't just... I mean, the turning point, I think, is the intelligence gathering when when people realized, hey, I can carry weapons anytime, anywhere, whether it's a gun, axe, knife, and they are. Uh, and so is that the turning point or is it something else? No, I would say that the significant turning point was when, quote unquote, carding was removed. And, and the reason carding was removed was, look, there's some legitimacy to some of the attacks on the carding system. But how it was operated, I was around during how it was operated, you know. This was heavily pushed by organizations because it worked. It worked to have a heavy police presence. I mean, one of the number one deterrents for crime is to increase the fear of getting caught. And how do you do that is you put more uniformed cops on the street. And we were doing targeted deployments. We were going for areas that were highly victimized and highly impacted. And we had wiretap investigations, pre-carding and wiretap investigations, post-carding, where you can hear bad guys. And I'm talking not some guy who's stealing bread for his family, which is the picture that likes to get painted. I'm talking murderers, gun traffickers, human traffickers, drug dealers, people who've done a variety of shootings, openly talking on wiretaps about how they can do anything now in the city of Toronto because there's no risk of them getting stopped. The entire world kind of turned on that because of a narrative. And I'm not saying it was perfect. What I could have said is, you know, it could have been adjusted. Coppers could have been a lot more educated. I mean, organizations could have been a lot more progressive to look at how are we gaining that data. And then we have to be fair about how we do things. I mean, one of the things that I look at now is Toronto Police released a race report or relations data where it has to do with, um, you know, subject stops and use of force reports. And and, uh, one of the things that they didn't take into consideration on the data gathering was the race of the officer. It just looked at the race of the people we're dealing with. I mean, if you look at Toronto Police and most police services, they're so diverse. You know, and they just this blanket thing where it's police versus community. When that's not the case, we're only going to areas where the data is saying you need to go there. How it gets executed is very differently. How it gets defended is very differently. But that is one of the biggest issues. Also, I know for a fact from the investigations I've been involved in in the past, this was open. This was common knowledge. And you go to any community, they'll tell you too. Talk to any real bad guy in an isolated situation. They'll say, yeah, this is a place to do it. Now, it's that in conjunction with a comprehensive list of things. Again, 
a weakened bail system. There's obviously a lot of societal things that happen in the United States that bled over into Canada. And that paints a bigger bigger picture. Canada's kind of lost its own identity. And we've kind of accepted in some weird way uh, but whatever happens in the United States happens up here. And I think that's a complete change. Uh, yeah, I, I do too. But uh, it's going to take some serious, serious leadership to get this uh, toothpaste back in the tube. But uh, we very often don't hear the straight talk. So I'm glad you give it to us. Ron, we will talk again. Uh, now that I got you, we'll talk again. Appreciate your Alex, time. Yeah. You got my number. Uh, well, whenever you can, please do it. And for all the police officers, first responders, firefighters out there, uh, you know, just know that the community does support you. You are highly valued and that there is a path forward. There you go. Words from Ron Chisner, former now Toronto Police Service, Peel Regional Police Service officer and uh, an expert, certainly in gang prevention because he's walked the walk. So we will have Ron because, I, as I said, trying to get him for a long time just because he's got that much expertise in these particular areas.